This is AutoLine Extra, available exclusively on the internet. Here again is John McElroy. Welcome to this extra segment with Joe Heinrichs, the Group Vice President of Manufacturing at Ford, and Jay Barron, the President for the Center of Automotive Research. Let's continue this discussion that we've been having on, on manufacturing. Let's talk a little about, uh, about the labor side of things. The, the 2007 contract that Ford and, and the other two domestic sure. automakers got with the UAW must have been crucial for your plans. It really is, because in order to make manufacturing affordable in the U.S. going forward, we have to be competitive with the transplants at a minimum. And the, the VIBA agreement, the handling of the trust for the uh, long-term liabilities for health care for retirees, critical to, to, to move that off the balance sheet and move it forward in a way it doesn't burden the manufacturing going forward. But equally important was the entry-level provisions that were negotiated last year's contract where we can move forward with new hires coming in with a different benefit structure and a lower wage rate. And they get the opportunity over time to get to the higher wage rate, so that provides opportunity for them. But do that in a way that allows us to be able to hire new workers, the next generation of workers who have to be very skilled but at a more competitive wage rate. And do that together at the same time in the context of having, continually restructuring the business to get the capacity right. So obviously, Jay, labor is still a very important part of this business. It, it absolutely is. And there's a couple of things. One is obviously with the VIBA uh, and with, with some of the lower starting wage rates, uh, that clearly puts a company in a position where some of the work that would have been outsourced now belongs in the plant close to where the line is. Yeah. Uh, that helps with inventories. It helps with quality problems and communication. Uh, at the same time, uh, when you look at the complexity of what's in these plants now with all the automation and the, uh, every job is much more critical than it used to be, uh, so training becomes key and you look at the caliber of employees that are needed in the industry today, it's higher than it's ever been before. Training is much more important than it used to be. Uh, you're seeing plants with uh, uh, better educated employees, uh, degreed people on the line, because the sophistication, the technology, as, and supporting of it is much more critical than it ever used to be. I gotta believe, even though wage rates have gone down significantly, for a lot of young people, those are still gonna be very attractive jobs. <clears throat> They're attractive because of, the, of the, the overall package, which includes the benefit and the UAW as their representation here in the U.S., for an example. But also, it's getting more and more value added in higher, higher technology. So whether you're working on a body shop and new, new robots, or an assembly line with new technology and new products, you know, as Jay mentioned, the skill level continues to go up. We've, we're training our employees on Six Sigma methodologies and black, making them black belts, things we wouldn't have been unheard of 20 years ago. And that skill set is applicable elsewhere. Of course, we want our people to stay. Um, <laughs> but it also continues to contribute to the bottom line of the company in quality improvements and productivity improvements. And that's what makes a competitive makes a business competitive going forward. The, these organizations now are very flat. You know, these, uh, the employees, uh, I'm an industrial engineer, and it used to hurt to say that there is no industrial engineering department anymore. Uh, the, the jobs expected of, these, uh, of the people on the line is much more diverse than it used to be. They're always looking out for quality. Uh, they have the job of putting things onto the vehicle and assembling things. Uh, but they're, 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 they have much more active role in the production of the vehicle. And are trained to do that, statistics right. and uh, analysis and, and all that sort of That's thing. That's right. Mm -hmm. right. Problem-solving skills, team-building skills, all those kinds of things. I, I can only imagine, I don't know if you two want to address this or not, but, you know, uh, we're looking at getting what they call the Employee Free Choice Act next year, possibly happening. Uh, looks like the transplants could end up getting organized or, or stand a much better chance of getting organized. Maybe I won't ask you that, Jay, or, or, or Joe, but I'll ask you, Jay. <laughs> What, what's your take on that? Well, I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, uh, the Asian companies have done a very good job of, of maintaining a strong uh, rapport with their employees. So whether or not they get organized, I don't think it'll be as big a, 
issue with them as you might have thought it, might, it would be. I think it'll, it'll be, it would, if it occurs, it'll be a relatively smooth transition. I, I wouldn't expect to, too big a change. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought it was worth asking. Where do you go next with your manufacturing, Joe? I mean, uh, what are you looking at? It, if I go back to the 80s, for example, it, so much of it was focused on just-in-time production, statistical process control, that sort of thing, getting into somewhat more flexibility in the 90s. At least that was the talk. Uh, definitely into flexibility these sure, days. Sure. Is there a next step, or where do you think it's going? Well, I think they're, 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 it's more evolutionary than revolutionary. Mm -hmm. I think clearly the flexibility that we've talked about um, throughout our time together is going to be critical in the buy shop and in the, on the assembly process and the integration of how the suppliers work with our manufacturing more critical than ever and and also though the quality improvements the, the expectations are going up every day um, from how from a competitive standpoint from a consumer standpoint that's going to be key I think the other piece of this is that that really going to be the next wave is from us especially for Ford is making sure that we're really moving towards standardization um, and one production system worldwide. One Ford, as, one they, Ford, I as Alan and others say. <laughs> but, but in manufacturing, we grew up just like the rest of Ford regionally. And so mm -hmm. our big challenge globally is that when you go to Nanjing and see a Fiesta being built and you go to Quadratlon here in North America being a Fiesta built, it's the same process, the same equipment. And that's our, that's our plan. That's the, for us, that's the next frontier. And, and that's what's exciting because from a global standpoint, we can set standards and we can move ourselves. Every dollar we spend moving forward gets us closer and closer to that day. I think one of the fascinating things that you're going to see is with the uh, pushing for technology, uh, particularly because of the fuel economy issues, you're going to see lighter weight cars. Uh, and when you talk about lighter weight cars, uh, aside from the powertrain side, which we already know is incredibly complex with lots of scenarios, look at, look at the options in the vehicle body and, and, how, and how you're going to get mass out of that car. Uh, you, you know, obviously, aluminum is going to make more inroads. You're going to see magnesium, titanium, Plastic. uh, plastics, maybe even carbon fiber in 10 or 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so as you get to these very exotic materials, it, it is, you don't just take one material and substitute it for another material. It is not that simple. Right. You, you, you have to change the forming process. You have to change the joining process. Mm -hmm. You have to deal with interface issues. There's all kinds of things going on. So it's only going to get more complicated. It's going to get more complicated. And I think what that means is uh, the auto companies, are, are, the, their relationships with their suppliers and with the R&D organizations, and I think you're going to see a much more reaching out and inclusion of, uh, of uh, suppliers in terms of process development and, and new technology research. For example, let me tell you how real this is. Um, in our new body shops here in North America that we're putting in, installing the next, service, next, next several years, we're space protecting from a process standpoint <coughs> for the possibility of these next generation materials, whether aluminum or, or high strength steels or whatever, because clearly weight's got to come out of the body of the vehicle, the sheet metal. Um, and there's all kinds of ways of doing that. And the downsizing of engines, uh, we, we referenced that. We talk a lot about vehicle assembly, but on the powertrain side, the downsizing of engines from the same capability in a V6 that you used to have in a, in a V8, et cetera, that's taking weight out, but it's also you know exciting time in the powertrain world because mm -hmm. the capacities are moving from what used to be V8s to four cylinders and et cetera. Sure, if you go uh, from casting V8s to fours, you just doubled your capacity. <laughs> well, you went from gray iron to aluminum. Right. You know, it just the whole world changes in the, on, the, on the engine side as well. Real good, well, thanks for sticking around and talking a little bit more about all this change in manufacturing. Great discussion. Yeah, thank great you. being here. Yeah, great. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Sam.